It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And joining us now, the one, the only, Aditi Kinkabala. What's up, Aditi? Aditi, I got to start with a very hard question. We have no time for pleasantries right now. We love you. It's good to have you here. But I have a very serious question. Very serious. And you're going to think I'm joking, but I'm not. It's a tough one. Today, you have to make a decision. (laughs) Who would you rather have as your quarterback going forward? Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson? You got to make that decision today. Why? How much having a team? Uh, you broke up for a second. Did you say you why? Why do I have to? A team? You're starting a team. Yes, you. Those are your two choices. Lamar. Forget the off the field stuff. Just on the field. Just on the field. You, you, who are you taking? Ooh. I... It's a tough one. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Nobody's going to be mad at you if you say Lamar. I could argue both. You got to break, break the tie. I could argue gonna... both, and I think it's what. You say it break again. The tie. I'm putting you in. A t- I'm putting you in a tough spot here. No fence riders. She's so mad at you right now, Bull. I know. Well, you know what the problem is? It's like you're thinking live on television. And I people. Know. I feel as if I should talk aloud so everybody knows what's going on in the brain talk right now. Talk it out. Talk it out. I think that, okay, so Lamar is a completely dynamic unicorn. He is one of one. He can do things that nobody else can do, and that presents a challenge in and of itself. But in order for him to do the things that nobody else can do, plus do the things that other people at the position can do, you need a certain line in front of him. You need certain playmakers mm. around him. And most importantly, you need a certain staff around him. Mm. And this is the key. It's funny because we've been talking about this all week long. And I'm hoping we all get to talk about it. You need a staff. Deshaun, I feel like you just don't need as many, as many complementary pieces to get that magic. So maybe the high, the payoff of Lamar is greater if all these other things are come in play. And maybe Deshaun is just a little bit safer because you don't necessarily need all these other things to get to that greatness. So you're going with But Deshaun. I don't know. You're going with Deshaun? I mean, it's so hard to do that. I think it's more like 50.1. We're talking about like... Yeah, exactly. 50.1, 49.9. It's a tough call. It's a what, great question, What's breaking Bull? the tie? What's the vote right now? We need a recap. Well, yeah, what's the vote right now? We yeah. haven't even talked about it. I was just thinking about it. I think maybe we'll talk about it on it's tomorrow's show. It's actually the lead topic of tomorrow's show. There, there you awesome. go. Because I, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I, I bet you, it, I think if you ask people nationally, I think, I think uh, Lamar Jackson would win that vote. Um, not by a lot, but I think he'd win. I think before last week, he would have won by more. And if Deshaun Watson starts, it's a big if because he hasn't proven it yet, but if he continuously plays well now going forward, it will swing to the point where eventually Watson will pass him again. For me, I'm... I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's why it's so hard to make these pronouncements. And this is what you keep saying. It's such a small sample size right now. We're so early in the season, and there are so many questions. Can Lamar... Or stay healthy or stay healthy. Will Todd Monken indeed be the right fit offensively for him? Sean finally shaken off the rust of two years. Is Deshaun settling in into right. what he really wants to run? And again, I mean, so my crew this week is on the Steelers Texans. I'm not with them because of the way that CBS has set up the season. Mm-hmm. But we've spent all week talking And we've talked a lot about the Steelers and their coaching staff. And I have so many thoughts on the Steelers' offensive coaching staff. And literally just earlier today, 
I made this point that the Steelers are playing the Texans. The Texans have a young quarterback. Who do they get to lead and mold and grow, help grow and develop that young quarterback? Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick was on that Mike Shanahan staff back in Washington, the staff that produced Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, uh, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Bobby Slowick. We're all on that staff. They all learned offense. They learned how to teach offense. They learned how to grow and develop quarterbacks under Mike Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, look at what he's done with Brock Purdy. Mike McDaniel, look at what he's done with Tua Tunga-Vailoa. I can keep going, okay? Matt LaFleur, what he's doing right now with Jordan Love. Sean McVay took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl and then obviously won one with Matt Stafford. He had more to work with, but still, all of that, okay? Then, meanwhile, who do the Steelers have growing and developing their young quarterback? A guy named Matt Canada, who before he was hired, spent two years on the couch. And before those two years on the couch, spent the previous eight years in six different jobs. Five of them that lasted exactly for one year, all in college. So Matt Canada, in an eight-year span, was in college, had six jobs in those eight years. Five of those six jobs were one year. They were all lateral moves, offensive coordinator and quarterback. That's what he coached in college. Then he sat on his couch for two years. Then Mike Tomlin brought him in. And that's what they're entrusting Kenny Pickett's future to, is Matt Cannon. What's what's mind-blowing to me is that we had this conversation both on the show and then later that day in a text chain between you and I. I had said, it seems like the Pittsburgh fan base, which that doesn't precipitate making moves, but a lot of folks in the media... People in general are looking at this saying he's not working as the offensive coordinator. That he was in the barn after last season. And I asked you then why in the world did the Pittsburgh Steelers, an organization known for pulling the right levers, why did they bring him back? And your answer to me was that the Rooneys don't like paying coaches that aren't working for them. In in the grand scheme of things, to write a check for whatever his salary would be, so they could move on from what looks to be a mistake and try to get the right person in here in the offseason and put in a new offense that can be complementary to what they have on the defensive side of the ball when Jimmy Haslam was at once upon a time paying uh, coaches that were no longer on his staff, head coaches, $49 million combined. It just is a mind-blowing statement to me that the Roonies wouldn't just fix what was broken in the offseason and try to make it better this year. But you know what, Jay? This is a greater statement. We heard Kevin Stefanski say so much this offseason how happy he was with his staff, how much of the staff was intact, and the addition of Jim Schwartz, right? The, the, let's just call it what it is. No offense to Joe Woods, no offense to Mike Prefer, but Bubba Ventrone and... Jim Schwartz. They felt they were making upgrades at positions where they were certainly happy with who they had, but they were making upgrades. And you see the impact that Jim Schwartz has had. But you see who Kevin Stefanski is bringing around his players. Part of hiring Bubba Ventrone as the special teams coordinator was getting someone who was younger and energetic and more able to explain to young guys that had never played special teams before why vital and important that was, how he was able to reach them. Jim Schwartz, how he was able to motivate these guys. You look at even Deshaun Watson. We're looking at Zach Taylor right there. Zach Taylor's had the same staff year after year after year. That continuity counts for something, but it's also who are you putting on that staff? How important are those people? You know, Kevin Stefanski chooses Alex Van Pelt, who was Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach forever, a guy that played in the league forever. There's credibility to that. that, that sure. Those are all great staffs, okay? So it's not just about continuity, but it's like, not creating change just for the sake of change, but making change when you think you can improve. Yeah, Mike Tomlin has coached for 17 years. Mike Tomlin has coached for 17 years. I get in it. 17 years, in 17 years, he's had exactly one assistant coach go on to be a head coach. The guy wow. he fired, Bruce Arians. Mm, he has never. His tree is He has talked about coaching trees, okay? We talk about Andy Reid's coaching tree. We talk about what was Ray Rhodes' staff in Philadelphia all those years ago. Well, look we at Tony Dungeon, which produced Tomlin. Yeah. We talk Even about Sean trees. McVay's. Mike Tomlin has never, ever, ever, ever 
had an assistant, a position coach go on to be a coordinator. Wow. He has never had a coordinator go on to be a head coach. That is mind-boggling. I would argue that one of his most, that forget it, after Bruce Arians, the most successful offensive coordinator he's had is Todd Haley, yes. who the Roonies forced him to hire. Wow. I mean, so you think about, it's about the development. It's the growth and development of your players. And that is a key piece of all of this, of all of these teams that we're looking at, at all of these players. And so, like, when you sit here and you ask me about Lamar Jackson, I'm bringing it all back, John Harbaugh has made a change, right? John Harbaugh, in 2012, Cam Cameron is someone he had a great relationship with. Cam Cameron was his offensive coordinator. He thought that Joe Flacco was responding better, would respond better to Jim Caldwell, the quarterback's coach. He makes a change in the middle of the season. He fires his friend, Cam Cameron. He elevates Jim Caldwell. The Ravens go on and win a Super Bowl. Fast forward some time, and he's got co-offensive coordinators. Then all of a sudden, Joe Flacco's back goes falls out on him, whatever, breaks down on him. Lamar Jackson comes in. Greg Roman takes up more of the play-calling offensive design. And the next year, Greg Roman becomes the single offensive coordinator because he's the best match for Lamar Jackson. John Harbaugh likes Greg Roman. Greg Roman is a very, very likable person. But that offense hit its ceiling. So John Harbaugh said, okay, as much as I may personally like someone, I need to move on. And he makes a very calculated decision not to just get someone from the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Sean McVay, that whole tree. He says, you know what, I've got a quarterback that's not necessarily a system guy, so I need a guy who can run a variety of different things. And that's how he goes and he finds Todd Munkin. Let's bring it to the Browns. Kevin Stefanski, as a play caller, loves to say... My favorite play is the quarterback's favorite play. I want to run the plays the quarterback wants to run. That's all good coaching to me. That's all, okay, let's take advantage of what our guys do. Let's surround them with people that are going to get the best out of them. And let's speak to their souls, essentially. It's hard right now because we don't know how the Todd Monk and Lamar Jackson thing is going to work out. We clearly are starting to see how the Deshaun Watson, Kevin Stefanski thing is working. You have to give it time. I'm talking about a variety of different things. Can someone interrupt me at this point? I just yes. feel like I went on <laughs> <laughs> 1810. You're filibustering yeah, right Yeah, now. that was a great – you could be a senator. Uh, the senator, the senator uh, – No, no Aditi, Aditi uh, gives her time back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I yield my time to the great gentleman from Ohio. Uh, now, Aditi, I'm gonna ask you about. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you about. Uh, you talked about the quarterback Deshaun Watson, Ugh. and um, it's the first time I've seen. It was big for me. After he throws that touchdown pass to Amari Cooper, you see Kevin Stefanski, and he runs up, and, Lam and not I almost saw him Lamar Deshaun Watson could have celebrated with anybody. Could have celebrated with all the guys on the sideline, but he chose to go up and chest bump Kevin Stefanski. To me, that was big because I looked at Kevin Stefanski's face and it looked like the first time he was emotionally invested in a quarterback. And he was genuinely excited, like, ah, I found my match. What do you thought? What are your thoughts about that? I, I just think that's because he's got a great poker face, you know, <laughs> and I just think that he's very good at not publicly showing emotion, but he feels, ex I feel extremely confident saying that he feels very strongly about Deshaun, that he loves working with Deshaun. He called Deshaun a gym rat to us. He said that the conversations that they have, the back and forth that they have, all of that, you know that Kevin Stefanski does indeed have a tremendous relationship with his quarterback. And I think the excitement is finally seeing the payoff that they've been working so hard towards. And it's, again, it's having patience in each other to some degree. And we've had to have that. Aditi, yesterday there was a rumor um, about Devontae Adams maybe being traded. The Browns were mentioned as a team. On this show, we've talked about the possibility of the Browns trading for Jonathan Taylor. We know that the, the Browns are going to be looking at cap hell at some point in the next two, three, four years. However, years they, however many years they decide to continue to kick the can down the road, right? Do you see any scenario where the Browns, who have been aggressive... Uh, go out and get a front line player because they think, hey, we got to go all in this year. No? 
You're shaking your yeah, head. Yeah, I, I don't see either. First of all, I think they love their wide receiver room, okay? They love Amari Cooper. They love Elijah Moore. They love the young Cedric Tillman. They love DPJ. They love David Njoku as a pass catcher. They feel, you know, they're great there. Why go and bring on an well, extra big contract and another fair, mouth that you potentially have to see? Aditi, all those guys are just oh. guys outside of Amari Cooper, No. No, I don't think so. Well, who's not just a guy? I, I think Tillman's got a ton of potential. I think Njoku has a ton of – Njoku should be a front-line well, tight end. I, but he's been in the league six years. He's never that, done it. Elijah, yeah. Moore, Elijah Moore is way better than you're giving him credit for. What's he Remember done? Remember me saying this right now. He had we'll come back. We're three games into the season. But it's, it's his goodness. third year in the league. I'm just saying <laughs> he's unproven. He's unproven. He's never okay, proven. Okay, who has he been playing with? Who has he been playing with in New Jersey? I mean, I mean Garrett kind of Wilson had a thousand. Big long rant. I gave you a big long rant about coaching and offensive design. Oh, wait a the second. The poor guy was stuck with Kyle Wilson and Mike LaFleur. Wait a second. Give Aditi, him a chance. You know, first of all, I, I am giving him a chance. I'm just saying he's unproven. We don't know that he's better than a guy. And Garrett Wilson had a thousand okay, yards. He's with unproven no, no until he does it. But I'm telling you, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what? Again. Yeah. The, my feeling on this is that yes. the Browns are extremely happy with okay. their wide receiver room. And All right. The, that they can run the ball well. They like Jerome Ford. They're bullish on Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford is cheap. Jonathan Taylor won't come cheap. And I don't think that the Browns believe that Jonathan Taylor changes their offense in such a significant way. I mean, heck, if anything, Deshaun Watson's biggest plays in Houston came when he didn't have a great run game. That's fair. We saw this past week when Deshaun Watson had to carry this team when it was finally okay. The offense is not running through 2-4. The offense is running through me. Yeah. Deshaun Watson gave the Browns the best game that he's given that he's had so far in that uniform. I think everything you say is so, fair, I, but it is fair to say at this point in their careers... David Njoku and Elijah Moore have never shown they're better than average. Isn't that fair to this point? I'm not saying they might not at some point, but to this point. But, Bull, that is fair because it's true. Right? I mean, you know, what have they done? Okay, so here's their opportunity, right? Here's their chance. Everything well, yeah, is aligned. I, I, I'll give you that on more, but this Njoku is probably closer to the end of his career than the beginning of his career at this point in terms of years in the league. And he's paid like a top three tight end. He's never produced anywhere near that. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll hear potential on Tillman. I'll even hear potential I mean, Tillman, on Moore. Yeah, sure. But you can't carry the word potential over into season seven and, and still For think that you're going to get correct. dramatically different results. I think no, I mean, I think that's very, very fair. What I can tell you is that the Browns believe that their offense runs through Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and David Njoku. And we'll find so out clearly, at the end of the year if their yeah. belief I mean, if was they believe, well that's all that matters. No, if yeah, the they're Browns not, believe, and, and, that's and, all that matters. And Aditi touched on this, but the, the, just the economics of it, Yeah, you can't sure. do it. You can't, yeah. like, first of all, what capital do you have to give to Indianapolis right. for Taylor or to give to get Devontae well, I'm not Adams. Saying I, I, I don't think they're making any of those moves. I'm just no, I know, but like I don't even think it's, you it's could pointless always find to talk capital, about yeah. it because yeah. w would they like to have it? Yeah, I'd like to have a space shuttle, but I don't. And <laughs> well, the reason not, I don't is because I can't afford one. <laughs> well, the Browns can afford both Jay, you know what's so funny? My, wanted, son but... keep, my son keeps asking me to buy a Lamborghini. I don't <laughs> yeah, know right. what planet. A Lamborghini? <laughs> so I keep saying to him, I'm like, well, where would I put a car seat in a Lamborghini? And he says to me, I don't need one anymore. And I say, well, what about your sister? And he's like, well, we could just leave her at home. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you. Just, just <laughs> another <laughs> reason I love your son already. That Get the Lambo. Get the Lambo. All right, you are you getting the Lambo? Has he talked you into it? Uh, Steve Becker would have to pay me a lot more than that. <laughs> what I'm making now to get a Lambo. No, All right, Aditi, have a great call on Sunday, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. I like your son's taste. Yeah. I mean, go big or go home. Yeah, that's true. Go, go is for the he Lambo. the Steelers fan or is he the Browns fan? He's, it the, Bills he's, the, Bills he's fan. the Bills fan. Oh, he's the Bills fan. Yeah, so her be... daughter is the Browns fan. Yeah. There yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to reveal the McNugget in one second. First, though. I have to remind the people where they should go if they need life-saving antibiotics. This is an easy decision, folks. I'm going to try doing a non-read read. for. I'm not looking at any of the notes for this read. Wow. Because I'm an expert now on emergency antibiotics. And God forbid a situation ever occurs where you or a loved one needs emergency antibiotics. 
who are you going to call? It's not Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. It's, you take your phone out, you go on Safari, you're actually not making a phone call, you're making a Google search for jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E, medical.com. If you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you could save $20 on top of the $360 you could potentially save with some other variations that I don't remember what it's for, but there's a lot of money you can save if you use J-A-S-E, medical.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more, at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well done. Well done. He's committed that to memory after after 20 reads. It was not You should see how long this read is. I know. You've said it's the longest read that we have. It is absurd. I think I I need to teach Mike, take Mike into a class of doing doing live reads. I want to talk about this for a second because I've never in my life thought, what am I going to do if I find myself in the situation where I suddenly need life-saving antibiotics? What leads to a situation like that? Like a snake bite? Can I tell you the funniest thing real quick? Yeah. And I hope the locked... It says, if you did not receive an example of these antibiotics, here's your read. Why would they just send me... uh, (laughs) What am I going to do with random antibiotics? Mike, I think you should use them so you can do a first person. By by the way, it's not a great idea to rip the sponsor after you. No, I'm asking questions about... Our audience is is likely saying, did you not know... Why would I need that? Just like this. If you uh, get bitten by by an animal or dog, by rabies, if you do not get it cured in three days, it's uncurable. I did not know that. So you that die. would be an example really? where you need life-saving yes. antibiotics. Yes, you die. And I bet you if you huh. need them, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E. There you go. Com. So if you get bit by the stray we'll random dog that's yep. got rabies, yep. you know who to call. Snake bites. Yes. And I'm sure there are a lot of other situations that might arise. You know, maybe you eat some bad seafood, which is why G and I stay away from it. Yes. You, I've been why hearing a lot about that meat? this summer. No, not if it's cooked properly. So seafoods cooked properly, it can be still be bad. I don't think so. Yes, it happened a lot this summer in New England. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. fishy. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you did there. Let's transition from a fishy <laughs> joke to a uh, a chicken nugget disaster, as promised earlier in the show. Before you take it, Steve. Once again, a reminder: we have our Channel Three logo or yeah. Channel Three graphic. Yeah. And as soon as Anthony sent that to the people upstairs. They suggested putting Mike's face on the chicken nugget, my face. And I said, no, that's a terrible did idea. Did you just re- refer to yourself as the first person? He did. I did, yeah. That was weird. Uh, so, Anthony, just, they said, well, we'd like to see it. So, this yeah. is what Anthony whipped up as right. uh, the mock. And this is that we shut this down so fast. Steve, you you shut it. this down so fast. <laughs> okay. You see so, the connector piece? Well, here's what I was ho- So, they made the McNugget the body. Oh, yeah. I want his face inside of the McNugget like Gumby was. Can you call up a picture of Gumby on Tagboard? Because a lot of our audience probably doesn't even know who the hell Gumby is. Gumby's funny, though. It's funny, but wouldn't it be better if his face was You want want me superimposed like when the moon... The nugget all around your face. Call up Gumby. Call up a shot of Gumby. We're going to not do that because I'm not quite sure what we have legal rights to on Tagboard at all anymore. So I'm just not going to even get into that. Um, That's crazy. So yeah, you we, are, that we, are, we are putting handcuffs on ourselves. I, I'm, just, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to get into that, unfortunately. If we, you can find a yeah. tweet with Gumby in it, then we can show it. How is that not public use? Anyway. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> Mike. But, oh, yeah. my God. What do you got for us? Oh, my God. Well, we got five minutes before our next guest joins us. So do you guys want to start Fence Riders? Do we want to just filibuster for a few minutes here? Because I have a couple. I got a couple of things. Oh, we found Gumby on a tweet. It's not a great right. his face, but this yeah, is yeah, Gumby here we on go. a tweet. There's Gumby. Yeah. See, his face is inside the little yeah. little deal there. 
Yeah, a little deal. <laughs> Tony, I think we should do that with Mike. I, I feel like you need to look up the Eddie Murphy uh, Gumby. on Saturday Night Live. That's what I want to brilliant. see Mike look like. Although, what's better, Eddie Murphy is Gumby or Eddie Murphy is Mr. Robinson, a.k.a. Mr. Rogers? Yes. Which one are you taking? Yes. <laughs> taking them both. Either one. I'm taking Eddie Murphy doing anything. Yeah. No one made me laugh like Although Eddie Dan Aykroyd's, uh, when, he's, when he's the toy salesman selling all those dangerous toys for kids. I remember that, that skit. You have, that's one of the greatest skits ever. Is in it the really? History. He, he, one of the toys is a bag of glass. It's a bag of, he does like the Chicago accent. He's like, this next product's a bag of glass. I don't <laughs> but, remember that you got to go all. look at I'll that Google sketch. I'll Google that. All right. all right. Anyway. Okay, so we're, uh, we're moving on. I think Let's, we're doing Should we do no fence, fence riders? riders right? Should we start fence riders? Michael, you got something else you, want, you think we should hit on? Yeah, we're gonna let's let's save fence riders okay. because it's gonna be weird if we start, we get one yeah. or two in, and then we stop. But I did have a uh, a different question that we may touch later, we may not. But when you look at this Browns Ravens matchup on Sunday, it is in Cleveland. The Browns start the season with four to five home games. Really? I know there's the bye week in between this game yeah. and the San Francisco game, but that's still that means we're on the road a lot from here on out. How? I don't want to say how important it is it to make sure you get this particular one because it's at home. This is Mike's latest way of asking, is this a must win? I'm not asking. Yeah. It's not yes, a must win. But this, yes. the schedule does line up. Where it's, it's a home a, divisional game. It's hugely important. Thank you. Hugely They're important. They're all hugely important. It's, it's more important games. than the Browns-Ravens game in Baltimore. Mm. Because most of us check that as an L. It's a road divisional game. You have to hold serve at home in your division. You have to. I was asking more in the big picture when they start four to five. Not even looking at San Francisco, but yeah, they lost to Tennessee. Yeah, I mean they lost to Pittsburgh. So yeah. they beat Tennessee. They beat Cincinnati. You have a chance to go two and one in the division. They're two and zero oh at home. They're zero oh and one on the road. Yeah. Yes. By the way, you're uh, home. So how, I guess the question is, how advantageous win. is it for the start to this season that they've had these four consecutive? Mike, oh, I, I, I'm calling an audible here because uh, I'm going to – I don't want to – I just want to annoy you, and I don't want to talk about that. Sure. Uh, let me talk about something else for a second since we only have two minutes anyway. In baseball, the winning percentage of home teams it's – it's a similar vein. Yeah. The winning percentage of home teams in baseball this season is the lowest it's been in 24 years. It's funny because the Guardians' and record gonna, home and away is way out of whack. Okay. Over 500 at home, way under 500 on okay, the Okay, but overall, in baseball, it's the lowest winning percentage for home teams in 24 years. I'm going to keep an eye on this for football. What, I, I want, I, I, what could we think of a reason why that would be? In baseball? I can't. Yeah. But in baseball, it, it doesn't matter where you play. Like, I don't, as a baseball well, it player. it does have last licks. Well, I will say this. In the, in the 2014 to 19 era, yeah. I don't have any – this is anecdotal. Yeah. Teams were way out of whack winning at home. Houston was among them. Why? Because they had a systemic – Cheating. Sign-stealing – Right. Uh, built into their home games. Yes. They okay. had the equipment. They had everything they needed when they were home. Mm-hmm. When you look at the home road splits for the Astros, both as a team and individually, there's no comparison. We should have known they were cheating. It's just like – the media wow, but they were a really good team, though. They were a really good team, but they were subpar on the road when you compared to what they were doing. Well, what uh, are they this year? I don't know. I haven't looked. Uh, so are you I saying teams are, are cheating less? I, I, I'm saying that if if that is even out to the to the biggest point that we've ever seen, and we know that there's no more sign stealing because every team is using Pitchcom, so there's no more stealing signs, maybe that's why we've seen I, the home team come back to earth. I think baseball has the least amount of home field advantage in all the sports. Like you, I think I co- agree with that because the pitcher has everything to do with yeah. it. Yeah, Col- college. Fo- I think college football. You, I, that's almost NBA. To me. College football. That's worth fourteen points. Almost. Well, no, college only only if it's two good teams or two equivalent teams. If Ohio State plays, a, a well, nothing- they were just at Notre Dame and they clearly was a hostile crowd and they pulled out the victory. Uh, squeaky. But but you're no, right. But the what college I'm saying crowd is, is nuts. It's, cr- crowd, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the craziest in all of sports. Right, but it's only relevant if it's if it's a good matchup. Right, I agree with that. Right. But if, you're play- I think if Ohio State's saying, playing a max school, the No, but I think what G is anything. saying is in your big college football games, the home crowd can it's have a bigger a impact huge. on the game then a home crowd in the NBA, then a home crowd in Major League Baseball. Steve's saying hockey is the least. 
Yeah, hockey again, same thing. Yeah, hot goaltender in hockey. Yeah, you're going to ride a hot goalie. And, and, and in baseball, it's your starting pitcher. In basketball, NBA, the whole team does how, have a huge home court advantage. Playoffs? But only because of the officials. Yeah. The yeah, officials, that is somehow, crazy. it's baked into the officials' DNA that when you're home, you get the call. And especially <laughs> you got the crowd. The crowds are just, like, in basketball, crowds go crazy. They get the calls. It seems your role players disappear in NBA. Yeah. You almost can't even count on the role players on the road. So, what are the Astros? What are their splits? I'm going to bring it up right now. But if you go back and you look into those late teen years when they were stealing signs and winning at a bizarre rate, their home they were better home than they were on the road significantly. Well, Bull's looking up that. I'll answer a question we had from Astro, earlier in the show. Astros are actually significantly better on the road. Isn't that interesting? They're 48 and 30 on the road. Jeez. They're 39 and 42 at home. Under 500. Wow. That's that's crazy. That's a crazy split. You yeah. guys asked earlier how much Shelby Harris was playing. So Tomlinson, so far the three games, is playing 61% of snaps at defensive tackle. I would expect that. Elliott, Harris, and Mo Hurst are all within two percentage points of each other from 49, 41% to 39%. Yeah. I was going to say, I, th- I would have had them in the 30s. Okay. I mean, 41 to 39. But, so well, right, I think what that right speaks there. to is what we already knew coming in. Jim Swartz they likes to keep guys. fresh legs in there and rotate them in. How much is that? Alex, Alex Wright has played very well. Alex Wright has made big plays he's when he's played, had he's the opportunity played, to play. very well this year. Yeah, man. I'm very pleased with Alex uh, Wright because I'd kind of written him off. And, and, and I think this – you know, when you, you go back, you mentioned you start talking about the Browns and, and you know, the Ravens. I, it's one of those games where I think it makes people look at the Browns a little bit dif- different, especially if the defense plays yeah. uh, against Lamar Jackson. It's like, oh, okay, the Browns might be somebody. All right. And with uh, that, Mike, speaking of Browns-Ravens, let's bring in our next guest. He covers the Ravens for the Athletic. I am going to attempt to pronounce his name, his last name, and I hope I do it right. Jeff Zerbeck. Jeff, how close was I? Uh, close enough. It's Zrebeck. Zrebeck. I'll do better next time, yeah. Jeff. But thanks for joining us today. No worries. No worries. Baltimore Ravens for <laughs> The Terrible. Athletic. He comes highly recommended from our own athletic beat writer, Jason Lloyd. So, uh, Jeff, we appreciate you taking some time. And are you ready for Sunday? My pleasure, guys. Uh, ple- it's good to join you. Is he ready? He's not playing. What is he doing? No, he's got to. He's got to come to Cleveland. He's got to cover the game. He's got to. I mean, it's not like it's a about long this Browns trip from defense. Baltimore I've been to Cleveland. For you got to mentally prepare for this stuff. Jeff, let's dive in on the game. I'm, a, I'm actually driving too, guys. So it nice. is a little bit of a long trip. The for some reason the 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 flights this year I are just it was a little too much for me uh, to pay to come to Cleveland. So I'll be hopping in a car Saturday and heading over your way. Well, safe travels. Jeff, let's talk about the game. Uh, I didn't see the whole Ravens game Sunday. I saw the parts after CBS put it on nationally. I I wasn't Mm -hmm. overwhelmed by the offense at all. And I, I thought, you know, if they get a couple of first downs, either in regulation or overtime, they're in Tucker's range, and they probably close it out. And I know that there was a bad call, but where are the Ravens right now in terms of hitting on all cylinders? They're clearly not at 100%, at least not not by my eyes. Where do you have them? Yeah, no, there's no question. I, I mean, I thought they pretty much gave, you know, not not take anything away from the Colts, but I thought they pretty much gave away that game Sunday. Uh, you know, mistakes on offense, um, you know, not, not falling on turnovers, they – you know, uh, not executing on third down. I thought it was kind of a comedy of errors at different points, and uh, that's why they're two and one. But I, I think we all expected the offense to be a work in progress. This is a totally new system, um, and we knew it would take a little while for them to kind of be clicking on all cylinders. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, the learning curve has sort of been lengthened because a none of these guys played in the preseason and b they've had so many injuries and uh, I think they went out in Cincinnati in week two and they played extremely well and you know they were taking some downfield shots and connecting on them they ran the ball well uh, it's one of the better games Jackson has ever played in terms of you know going through his reads getting the ball to different guys they were just in total control of that game they outplayed the Bengals pretty well uh, and if not for you know allowing a punt return touchdown that game could have been pretty lopsided. So I think people expected that to continue. Uh, but no, they took a big step back offensively uh, against the Colts. There's no doubt about that. I think uh, 
Uh, they're still searching for their identity a little bit offensively, and uh, I think they're still trying to make up for some of the injuries they've sustained, which uh, they've struggled to do. Uh, Jeff, you know, uh, you know, we played the Cincinnati Bengals, and there was a little bit of before the game, just you know, guys saying the Browns are the Browns, right? You know, um, and traditionally uh, throughout the AFC North, the Browns have been, uh, you know, most times the worst team in the division, not being able to beat uh, Pittsburgh, and definitely not having great, uh, you know, success against um, the Ravens, and that goes back to Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson when he's played the full game. Is there a sense um, that the Browns are still the Browns, or is there a sense that, you know, the Browns this year are a little bit different because of who they have at quarterback and just the way the defense is playing? No, I, I mean, I don't think, uh, I don't know how you could look at that defense and uh, come away and say the Browns are still the Browns. Not that the Browns haven't had good defenses in the past or haven't had good, uh, you know, players at certain positions. And, uh, you know, 24 and 6 for John Harbaugh against the Browns. But a lot of those games have been really close. And uh, rarely have the Browns made it easy, even on the best Ravens teams uh, in, in these matchups. I, you know, I, I think they understand what a challenge it's going to be. I mean, A, after losing to the Colts at home, you're really not in a position to look past anybody and, and, and say anything like the Browns are still the Browns. I, you know, I think the, the Browns have the Ravens full attention and full respect. I think they know they're going to have to play a lot better uh, than they played uh, certainly last week to win this game Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I think especially uh, when you look at the Ravens offense versus Browns defense match matchup, you know, uh, they're going to have to do a lot of things better uh, to keep themselves in that game, uh, or that could get ugly Sunday if we don't see a better Ravens offensive effort. Jeff, uh, uh, Roquan Smith, uh, I we heard the whole, all, all the comments of what he said yesterday in terms of going into Cleveland and beating, beating a team up in front of their wife and their kids. A lot of people have taken that part of that text or part of that quote, out of context. So, of course, it's yeah. going to be used as bulletin board material. I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it, actually, that whole comment he made as he was complimenting the Browns, saying they're very physical and they'd want to do the same to us. But, you know, you know things are taken out of context. Yeah. You, has he been talked to about that, any, any deal or, or no deal at all? No, no. I mean, I didn't even, you know, I, I was in the locker room. He was on the podium when he said it. I was in the locker room. But when they sent out the transcripts, I saw it. And I, it, it didn't even really dawn on me that there was going to be a big deal made about that just because I thought it was pretty clear he was talking about just having to have that mentality when you right. go on the road. And, and and that's what you need, not specifically anything about the Browns. Um, but I will say this, Roquan Smith, uh, you know, he would fit in those old Ravens teams with Ray Lewis and Bart Scott and Terrell Suggs and those guys. Those guys like to talk. And I don't think Roquan Smith even looks at it as trash talk. I just think he's kind of talking more about his mentality, a matter of fact. Uh, but these days, especially ahead of a rivalry game, it doesn't take too much to get people excited. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think Roquan is phased by it at all. I think he's fine with having it on him. Uh, he talked a good bit before the Bengals game, too, and uh, he was kind of the first one on the sideline at the end of the game waving the Bengals goodbye on their home field and talking about, you know, you know the, the victory after the game and talking about how, you know, not everybody likes the Bengals too much. So he, he's not afraid to have it on him. But in generally, I agree with you. I, I think the context of that quote, he's more talking about a mentality, yeah. not talking uh, about particularly embarrassing the, the Browns. By the way, I don't know if he's as good as those guys on the field, but he certainly can't be any worse than those guys in the media, right? You, you mean in their uh, broadcasting? Yeah. I don't want to put you in that spot. I'm kidding. That, that's me saying that. That's me saying that, not you. Way to not take the bait down. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, he's been around long enough. Bart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bart Scott has said some mind-blowing dumb yeah. stuff. On, yes, on, on, wild stuff at yeah, times. Just yes. like yeah, just ridiculous. I agree. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of this matchup specifically, I, I, I think um, when we look at the, the Ravens' defense, there's always an assumption – that the Ravens and Steelers are always good on defense. And, and that's not always the case. The Ravens defense in recent years has been a little up and down. Obviously, they played a lot better last year once they got Roquan Smith. Where are they right now? How do you see them in the pantheon of defenses 
in the NFL in 2023 through three games? I think they're a solid defense with some potential. I think they have a lot of young players on the defense that we've seen some in flashes. Um, and by the end of the season, these guys could be, you know, uh, big time difference makers. Uh, you know, the safety, the first round pick, Kyle Hamilton has been really good early. Um, you know, former first round outside linebacker, Dafe Owe got off to a really good start. Now he's hurt. Um, I, I, Patrick Queen is probably having his best season playing alongside Roquan Smith. I think they've got a lot of interesting pieces there, um, but I don't think they're there yet. I think they're still kind of growing a work in progress. You know, they're really hurt on the edge. And, um, you know, the concern is with no Marlon Humphrey, their top corner, um, and, you know, I don't expect him to play Sunday. He hasn't practiced since like August 15th. So uh, the concern was their cornerback group. Well, the cornerback group's been OK. Uh, they've played reasonably well. They, they certainly did a number on the Bengals receivers, which was a surprise. Uh, the problem has been the edge and getting pressure on the edge and, you know, up front. They just haven't been able to generate a ton of pass rush without blitzing. And, and that's a concern. I mean, the best Ravens defenses usually have guys in that edge that can get to the quarterback. Jadavion Clowney has actually done a nice job. Uh, he hasn't been the issue. It's the other guys who are, you know, they're pulling guys off the practice squad and playing them high 40s, low 50 snaps a game yeah. just because of the injuries. They're without mm. like four four edge guys right now. I mean, on Sunday, we may see Kyle Van Noy play. He was just signed yesterday and he hasn't, oh. you know, yesterday was his first NFL practice since January when he was with the Chargers. So that's how beat up they are on the edge. And, and I think that's the big concern about this defense. Uh, how do you generate consistent pressure? Um, they really haven't been able to do it without blitzing. And if you keep blitzing, you're going to honestly be vulnerable on the back end. You know, Jeff, one of the guys that, that we have not mentioned uh, or any of the skilled guys uh, for the for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is, uh, you know, he's been out. He hasn't practiced much. Um, and a guy, uh, a guy like Mark Andrews, it's just like, you know, at one point in time, I saw him right underneath Kelsey is, is the way they really used him in Baltimore. He was one of the guys that, that scared everybody as one of the tight ends. Um, you know, has, has it been frustrating that he hasn't gotten loose a little bit? And, and where, where do you guys stand in terms of your skill positions in the vertical passing game? Yeah, you know, Andrews missed the first game. He was hurt, and I think he's still kind of getting healthy. He did have a decent showing. Uh, touchdown against the Bengals, played reasonably well. Then he was quiet this past week. I, I think the concern, particularly this week with them, is just the Bengals, obviously, with their linebackers, their deep, their defensive backs, uh, you know, they have the speed to take away, you know, they have the speed to really take away the middle of the field and still be able to kind of shut off things on the edges if Lamar wants to run. Um, and I imagine they'll spend a ton of attention on Mark Andrews. He's had his best games against Cleveland in the past. He's sort of been a thorn in their side a little bit. Um, but yeah, he, he's been fine. He, he, they're just, again, they're still trying to find themselves on offensively. They, they had this upgrade the receiver group. Uh, I think first round pick Zay Flowers has been as advertised. Um, for the most part, um, but they really haven't had consistency with their other targets. I still think they're trying to kind of figure it out and, and get the ball distri distribution ratio right and, and make sure they're getting other guys involved, and they just haven't found that uh, correct mix yet, and now they're going to probably go into Cleveland a couple guys short. You know, uh, yeah. Bateman, their former first-round pick, is dealing with a hamstring. Uh, Beckham, I thought, would play Sunday, and maybe he still will. Uh, but we haven't seen him on the practice field in about 10 days. And if he's not practicing on Thursday, I have a hard time believing he's going to play on Sunday after missing so much time. So uh, they're, they're uh, hurt, hurt there on the outside, too. And obviously that affects Mark Andrews because, uh, you know, if you don't have to honor him on the outside, you can kind of clog that middle and try to take away Andrews. Jeff, give us your, your prediction. Who you got in the game? I picked the Browns. I just was working on this for a story I'm writing Saturday. I, I kind of picked a low scoring, like a 2013. I'm, I'm thinking of picking a 2013, 2113 type game. I, I, I just don't. I don't see how the Ravens are going to consistently move the ball against this Browns. Uh, you know, this Browns defense. They're quick. Uh, you know, blocking Miles Garrett and Darius Smith is one thing. The DBs are playing great. The, I mean, it, it just looks like a complete defense, and the timing for the Ravens going in there when they still really haven't figured things out offensively and they're so banged up at key spots. I don't think the timing is very good for them to go out there and beat a good team on the road.
Jeff, we appreciate right. the time, man. Great appreciate stuff, it. Thank Jeff. you. Thank you very much. Have it's safe travels to Cleveland and back to Baltimore. Looking forward to it, guys. Always good talking to you. Thanks. Very good. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, the point that he made out that he made early in the in the segment was that these games are always close. Yeah. The, the Ravens Browns games are typically a couple of points. Uh, they seem to always be in the teens. I don't care about that, you know? Jay. The Browns always lose them. That's all that matters. Not always. They got well, no. almost always. Well, they, they have a better record against Baltimore than they do against Pittsburgh what's, historically. I, what's their record against Harbaugh? It's not good. Twenty-four and six. Yeah, I mean, that's horrible. Yeah, it's not good. But they got to win. Out of one. No points for close losses. No, I wasn't saying let's play them close and lose. I know you weren't. I was pointing out what he said, and, yeah. and it's true. It is true. These games are always with the Ravens. Are always smash mouth, hard hitting, physical, and typically. Close and lower scoring. But the Browns always, almost always find a way to lose these games. That's Let's gotta turn end. it around. That's got to end Let's this Sunday. Let's turn it around. So, who, who's, ever, who's ever won the division, if you go back and traditionally look at it, has had the better quarterback. If you look back, whether it well, was... Well, that's the case in the NFL. And, and I mean, so... You this, have a better quarterback, you have a better chance of winning. This is an opportunity where you say Deshaun Watson looks at it, and this is the first... I'm, I'm excited about this because we finally get to see Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson head-to-head and which style works, which style is going to work better. And finally, you can say, all right, well, now it's a toss-up because we've been on the short end of the stick when it comes to quarterbacks for years. We have. I, I want to get excited about the Watson, particularly the way you frame that to Aditi. Right. You're taking Watson or you're taking Jackson. Now, unfortunately, they're not really going head-to-head. They'll never be on the field at the same right, time. Sure, yeah. And Watson is going against what so far – has been a mediocre Ravens defense, mm-hmm. while Jackson will be going against what so far has been a historically great defense through three games. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I think the, the degree of difficulty is far greater for Lamar Jackson. And when has that ever been the case in this match? Has not. Has not. We have always said, if right. nothing else, not even looking at the quarterbacks, we have always said, well, the Ravens clearly have the better defense. Right. Not the not case. this time. No. Not this time. No. We got a couple super chats, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Terry Francona's final home game here in Cleveland. Whenever we bring you super chats, it's brought to us by our dear friends over at PCC Airfoils. We're looking for a job as career advancement and great benefits. Well, PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils at Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, We're going to fly through these real quick. First one is for UG. Uh, Skilly says he bought a white Kool-Aid Mafia hoodie, but he got a notice two weeks later that you don't offer it. Is the white one ever coming back? Uh, it's the color I want, and it's still showing online. Do you know if that's coming or what's happening with that? Well, tell him, tell him to uh, email me uh, at my email address, gbush91 at hotmail.com, and we'll figure it out. Or he can hit the Chinese hot, website. They the have plenty of world? Them. Yeah, I stay at the hotmail. <laughs> or you could go to China yeah. and get the joint, and they'll probably send it to you yeah. six months from now. Yeah. But we'll, we'll figure and it out. And the long size. Yeah, and, and, and listen, with, with the with, with phonetics and, and cast, it just won't be right. So Skilly, yeah. hit up G. Bush. His email, gbush91 at, hotmail. at hotmail.com. Let, let's take a second, too. To, we joke about that. But if you're going to order one of the sweatshirts, make sure it's, oh, it's from G. Bush. Because if you search Kool Aid Mafia, a thousand a, sites are selling this. Right, thing. And right, you right. may G, G doesn't get any of that money. And no, and first, no. The wrong thing is if you order it, you may never get the shirt. Right. Like I don't like if they don't send it. Some of these sites are scams. So you give them your money, and then it doesn't come. So the cool thing about it is every we just sold hundreds of these T-shirts, and the cool thing about it is. We haven't had no complaints. People get their stuff on time, and that's the way logistics works. Being a great businessman. Hit me up if you got any problems, and we'll figure it out. Do you have a Kool-Aid cologne yet? 
Uh, I don't have a, but I do have a cologne. It's called Nocturnal. And I know a, you have a, cool, a, a cologne. Yes. But you might need a Kool-Aid cologne. That's crazy. Specifically for Browns fans who believe. <laughs> Believers. Believe. All right, next up, Brody's bottom line says, didn't Ray Lewis play for the Ravens? Yes, he did. Damian Frederick said, going to my first Browns home game on Sunday. Uh, food recommendations in the city. Everyone give one real, real quick. Food recommendation, first time in Cleveland. Sleepy Rooster for breakfast. Oh, good call. That's right down the street from my house. Dang, bro. Oh, it's great. Earl says Slimans. Slimans is obviously. G, give, give the if people. Got Jack's, Jack's Deli is South Euclid. Mm. Uh, the Buckeye right. Picker said, what about this nickname for the defense? Rock and Rush. That's lame. It's, yeah, bad. Right. Rock and Rush. Uh, what, I'm, I'm, what is it, a women's is basketball the, team? Uh, is the Marble Room. The mar- yeah, Marble Room. Hey, yeah, you might hey, have to take out alone. Hey, but the marble room. Yeah, hey, hey, love, hey, listen, you ain't taking no date. Do not take a date there. If it's a second or third, no, that's that's engagement. That that's material. that's we together. And yeah. I need to borrow twenty dollars tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it might be more than twenty. So yeah. we're gonna do a glass of water there. <laughs> yeah, twenty is a cover charge. But All if right, there's Mike. no experience dining wise, like the marble room, I'd say in the state of Ohio. Yeah, we're going to do a couple fence riders in overtime now because we didn't get time to do them today. Okay. We'll save the rest for tomorrow on the TV version of UCSS. But we got to talk about Terry Francona, his final farewell to the Cleveland fan base yesterday. Jay, did you go to the game? I did not, no. I worked the five. I, I wanted to go. I got to tell you, when I was leaving WKYC, uh, I specifically didn't go down ninth because I knew it was going to be crazy because we showed in our 5 o'clock show live pictures of the line outside of Progressive Field. And we didn't think it was going to be like we that. We did not. Yeah. And I have to give it up to Cleveland Guardians baseball fans yeah. because when I was leaving, the alternative route that I take takes me about eight blocks east of ninth. Mm-hmm. And I try to sneak out of town that way. Yeah. I saw fans. It was quarter after six. The game was already started. I saw fans walking from where I was driving, which was five, six, seven blocks away from the stadium. And they hadn't even, obviously, they, they didn't get there for the start of the game. They came out in, in force to support Tito. I thought the game was perfect. Bieber pitched a gem, which I sh- I'm sure management was thrilled with because now they can trade him and get a little bit of value because the last outing, he got shelled. He looked like Shane Bieber last night. Um, also, they went out to a 4 nothing lead. They, they chipped away, chipped away. Classe came in in the ninth. Um, he leads the league in saves. He leads the league in blown saves. Uh, he gets the first guy out. They get a double. Would look like a double. They called him out at second base. They reviewed it. They kept the call on the field. And I'm not sure that they got that right. And then Classe got the final out. When Tito came out to tip his cap, he wanted it to be out, tip your cap, go back. Yeah. Jose Ramirez blocked his path back into the dugout. He was blocking the steps to come back. So he had to stay out there and acknowledge the fans. And it was a thing of beauty. And then at one point, the whole Guardians team sort of circled yeah. that way. So he had to stay out there. It, it makes Terry wildly uncomfortable to be in the spotlight. But I loved every second of it because you could tell, you could feel the love both ways. By the way, shout out to our guy, Jerry Ferrara, who threw a solid first pitch. He did. He was worried about it. He mm-hmm. threw a ball, but it was a good, you know, it didn't bounce home it. plate. He didn't bounce it. Yeah. It wasn't, it was caught. Someone so. else threw out a first pitch. I don't know who it was. Yeah. And I was getting the raw feed from Progressive yeah. when I was on the set for yeah, the five yeah. yesterday. And that person bounced it. But it yeah. was shot so loosely, I couldn't see who threw it. But it clearly wasn't Jerry. But in terms of Frank Cohen, it's really weird because I, I, I'm just so down on the Guardians right I now. I am too. That it's hard to get, like, emotional uh, about Francona. I don't know what it – it's just I hate the way it's ending. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm season. emotional, though. I was, yeah. I, I was I, very emotional yesterday. I'm like you, man. Like, I'm not ready for this. I, to me, I, I just – it just this is why I always be preaching. To go, you, it, like, sports is about going after every year. I know you got to have some down years, and I know every every year can't be your year to win. But, but I want to – it, it irks me that he rolled out knowing he did not have the backing to, to go out and at least try to go for it. And I don't know that that didn't play into his decision. I don't. I mean, that, I don't think Jerry would bit, ever man. say that. I know that when, when the team waved the white flag, because they could have been buyers, they could have been sellers. They were very close at the deadline. They were only a few games behind the Twins. Management decided... Not this year. We're sellers. 
And they could. They, they, those weren't the only options. They could have stood pat. They could have stood pat. I yeah. would have been happier with that. You could have lived with that. But what to me, yeah. this is an outsider and this is just a guess. I have no inside information that this is how it played out. Yeah. There is a little bit of breadcrumbs, though, that might lead you to make this assumption. Sure. The team, the next night, got no hit in Houston. And they looked like a team that wanted to be anywhere but where they were. Yeah. If I'm in that clubhouse, hell yeah, I'm upset. Your boss has just said... We don't believe in you, so we're going to see if we can get another middle infielder in a trade. But didn't they or owe whatever? That to, didn't yeah. they owe that to him? At least owe that to him to say we're going to let go it all, play yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you're close enough at two games out or whatever they were when all these trades, when the Savali right. trade happened. You're close enough. Add a piece. Add two pieces. Go all in. Here's what I hate most about it: in the previous eleven seasons before Francona became manager, this team was in the playoffs once. During his eleven-year tenure. They were in the playoffs six times, more often than not. He had one sub 500 season prior to this year. Yeah. He was 80 and 82. Now, if they win out this year, no yeah. matter what, they've got three games left. This is going to be his worst season in Cleveland. Yeah. I hate that it's it ending sucks. on that note. And I don't know that Terry didn't finally say, you guys aren't giving me what I need. No. They're outfielders. They're starting outfield. Combined for 11 home runs. Well, that's got to <laughs> oh. be a modern give us the, day. Give us the stat you gave us yesterday in the group chat. About the outfield. Three players for the Braves have oh, more home I runs than the, the entire Guardians team. I gave? Yeah, just no? say, give us the stat you gave us in the group. Well, team. how do I know you're talking to me? Jay was the no, one who's talking. No, it was Bull's stat. Bull sent something the other day that said the Braves have three players. I said, Bull, give us the stat. That if you add oh, up those home runs, yeah, yeah, they've that. hit more home runs than the entire Guardians team. The top team. three home run hitters on the Braves have more, right, have more home runs than, the entire, than every single player that stays so, so, so you, what you're saying is, Left fielder, more than our three outfielders. Center fielder, no, 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 they're not all outfielders. No, the I'm Braves saying, top oh, three th- home run hitters. Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, and I can't remember. Uh, their third, third baseman. Oh, and Austin Riley. Austin Riley. Those three guys on the Braves. If you add up have, their home runs. Have hit more home runs combined than every player on the Guardians combined. Gee, and and Bull, in something a third hit me of yesterday. the plate appearances. Will Benson came up yesterday. Yeah. And I looked at his stats, and I knew he was having a, a pretty good year. Yeah. This was a guy, I think, was, was he a first-round draft pick? He was. The, the, the Indian Guardians just almost surprisingly gave up on him. He, he They flashed his stats on the screen yesterday. He's got 11 home runs. He's got as many home runs as Which our entire ton, starting out. <laughs> no, it's not a ton, but Bull, he's, he's hit as many home runs as our starting outfield. Well, Nolan combined. Jones is hitting 19 Nolan home Jones runs this got, year. And he's hitting for average, too. Yes. These are two guys that the Indians drafted highly that they just gave away. And it wasn't like they came out of nowhere. They were both big-time prospects. Yes, and, but they on, on both of those guys, I was like, yeah. wow, they're, they're giving up on these guys already? Right. Do you know what the most baffling stat when I look at the Guardians' offensive numbers are this year? Jose Ramirez played in 153 games. Right. He has 600 plate appearances. He's hitting 280 in his 80 RBIs. What's what's baffling about that? Ain't nobody on the on the No one's on base for him to nobody hit. Nobody on the base. Oh, I a, what you're ain't nobody on yeah, the It is hard to believe that he's played 153 games. The dude's an RBI machine. He's yeah, he's hit that's, well, 170 hits. And no one's on base for him. But look at Josh had a great season but though. No, it's not a great season. Look at Josh Naylor. Naylor has 97 he, RBIs in 118 games. Look at yeah, exactly. He yeah. look at the time so. that he's missed. And by the way, we, I want to give Josh Naylor credit. Because last year, well, every had year said, he had not hit. Lefties. Every year yeah. he had not hit. Le- now he's young; he's twenty-six years old. We had said this guy's career is never going to be what it can be because he is a liability in the lineup against left-handed pitching. Right. He hit below two hundred last year. In the off season, he worked on that and worked on that and worked on that. And this year, if I'm not mistaken, he's hitting three hundred against left-handed pitching this year. This, yeah, that this, is a testament to how hard this guy works and how much talent he has. Guys, he's 26. He is a superstar in my mind. Here, here's what you. Here's the most underrated story in the, in the game right now. We've all looked at the, the Guardians as the most stable. You've you've been able to do that because you had Tito at the top of your at the dugout steps. Now you're counting on the front office and a question mark on the bench. To figure yeah. out. And they got to go outside organization the organization, goes. in my opinion. I think they will. Sandy's been with the organization forever. Sandy Alomar Jr., he's the yeah. first base coach. Personally, I'd love to see him get a try. I really do. He's been loyal to this team. He's had 
opportunities, I'm sure, to go elsewhere and if not manage coach. I don't, I, I'm not sure he's going to get it because I think no, if he was the guy, so. they would have already made yeah. that yeah, announcement yeah. or I it would think, come this weekend. I, th- I think this is the first time, in, at least since I've been here in 2011, that the, Indi- the Guardians are in the worst shape yes. of the three organizations. Yes. I think it's the first time. In a long time. It's a well, lot of question marks. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Now, yeah. they still have a lot of pieces coming back. They do. They have a lot but of pieces. They've all, got nice arms. A lot of these young pieces got a lot to prove, and Shane Beaver's going to be trading. I know, but season. when you look at what Gavin Williams did this year. I hear you, but you know, it, the lineup Allen, is so bad. I, I know, but they've got some young pieces. Thank you, Tito. Them. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Tito. We love you, but overall, the front office. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.